Hey everybody, Raf here. This week on 3 from the 7, to celebrate the amazing Lockin' Festival, we're putting our usual format aside and sitting down with very special guest, Andy Frasco. As some of you may know, Andy is no stranger to the podcast world, so I let him take the reins on this one, and we discuss his background, his new record, his hopes, his dreams, so much more. Sadly, though, just minutes after recording this interview, the festival was hit by a severe lightning storm, and Andy's set with his band, The UN, was canceled. But... As everybody knows, the show must go on, and while we were bummed that Andy and his band couldn't hit the stage, at least we could get this nice conversation out of it. Here's me chatting with Andy Frasco, live at Lockin'. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to 3 from the 7, Relics' weekly news podcast, chronicling three of our biggest news stories from the last seven days. This week, we are coming to you live from the Lockin Festival in Arrington, Virginia. My name is Rafaela Kenny Sincata. I am the assistant editor at Relics Magazine, and this week, I am not joined by my co-host, Karina Reichman, but instead, I am joined by rock and roller, Lakers superfan, <laughs> the titular Andy Frasco of Andy Frasco in the UN. Andy Frasco. Fuck yeah, I'm your co-host, dude. Yeah, I like this. We're doing it. Oh, I mean, I feel bad that I'm taking Karina's spot, but she's working. I'm glad. Man, shout out to Karina. Absolutely. Working her ass off. She's, she's got girl. two bands, and she's doing the podcast. That's my girl. Shout oh, out, Karina. She makes me feel lazy. She's doing something. Man, I hope nice. I give this podcast justice being i mean i got some big shoes to fill raf oh dude you're totally fine you have your own podcast so you're well practiced at this i'm, I'm working on it it's you know it's uh yeah andy frasco's world saving podcast and you're indeed saving the world i'm one trying to talk to one <laughs> one fucked up musician at a time <laughs> no we're all uh we're all you know it's it's hard work you know we're all living on the road like look at we're, we basically do this every single day and uh to, sh- uh, to have musicians share their life story and be vulnerable is why we're artists. Yeah. And, you know, if we could show the other side of who we are as people off the stage, you know, I think we could really help people who are afraid to talk about mental health and talk about who they want to be and what dreams and aspirations, you know? That's amazing, dude. And, like, talking about things like mental health and with musicians, and it's something people don't talk about enough, right? I know, and it's important because, like, when people start when they don't talk about it they suppress it and then they're afraid to tell anyone how they actually feel so everyone's just living this bullshit lie you know just like pretending to be happy on instagram when maybe they're having a hard time and i i want them to uh be an open vessel because if we're not open vessels we can't we can't let love in and we can't let love out so yeah and a lot of these messages are echoed in your most recent record change of pace yeah yeah change of pace you know just we I do 250 shows a year and I I love being on the road and it's and it's fucking hard and it's draining and you know and I'm not trying to be a sourpuss about it and uh I just want people to know that like musicians are working hard they're not just fucking partying and living the rock star life you know we're checking spreadsheets we're marketing the band we're you know we're trying to make this our living and you know with with how the economy is it's very hard to you know, do it. So I'm just very fortunate that me and the boys and all my friends' bands are are fucking kicking ass. So Hell I want to. Yeah, I just want to. Yeah, shout out to all those bands out there working their ass off. Pigeons, Umphreys, Aqueous, all the boys. Karina, Marco, shout out. <laughs> all the boys, Karina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Karina is one of the dudes, dude. Oh, dude, I, I, I too am one of the dudes. So I yeah, can't Rav, you that. are. You're a homegirl, dude. A bro. You're a pro. I'm dude. a pro. I've been known to uh, to bro out from time to time. So I'm taking this. I'm taking this over right now. Yeah. I want to talk about you. 
Okay. What what got you into being, why did you want to be a journalist? Well, like a lot of journalists, I mean, okay, everyone gro- grows up wanting to be a rock star, right? Uh-huh. You know, drum lessons, piano lessons, all that good stuff. But then I figured, all right, like, let's pivot this towards what I'm actually good at. And the written word is a bit of a passion of mine. Yeah? So yeah. What, what, what was your first, like, musical, like, damn, I want to be part of this? Was it a show? Was it, what, tell me. So, interestingly enough, I've always loved music. My parents, my first concert was Ringo Starr and his all-star band. How old were like you? Five. Like, five? five. And you remember that? I do. I remember Yellow Submarine because I remember being like, woo, I'm five, Yellow Submarine. But that was your favorite song growing up Yeah, or I mean, all kids love that silly Beatles stuff. So, I can remember concerts for as long as I can. I was 13 and my parents took me to Roger Waters doing the entirety of Dark Side of the Moon. My dad was a long-time deadhead, went to like over 100 shows. So, music was always in the air. So, it was definitely always something that I felt like I wanted to be involved in in any way shape or form um but it was an edm kid in college during the insane edm blow up um who was an edm you were yeah so what bands pretty lights was the big one for me okay pretty lights was the huge one so what did you like about it in college well obviously i went to school in boston which has an amazing music scene um and a very young music scene which is great so i was going to shows and having a great time like every weekend and it was honestly that kind of community thing with edm and having a great time and then Using Pretty Lights as a stepping stone, I started listening to the dead more and going to fish shows. And next thing I know, I'm, you know, going to 13 nights of the Baker's Dozen. And well, you went to 13 nights? All 13. Fucking sick and it was before And it was before the days of press passes and whatever. I bankrupted myself to go to 13 nights. How much did you end up spending after 13 nights? Oh, my God. Fish. So I fronted. I did two 13-night packages with the fish lottery. It was through Fish Lottery. It was me and my brother. What's and I, that mean, Fish Lottery? So Fish has like their own ticketing system. So basically, you need to submit into like a lottery where all these Fish fans are like, all right, I'm definitely going to all these shows. So they take all your credit card information and they're like, all right, we're going to like do random number generators. So, you know, we try and make as many people happy as possible. So, a, you know, Ticketmaster shit show doesn't happen. So I put in for the lottery for all 13 nights, me and my brother. God, it must have been, it was well over $1,000. It was like, Eighteen hundred dollars or something, crazy. and then you're hanging out in New York City for two yeah, weeks, fucking drinking and partying. Yeah, so I'm a Long Island kid, so I always was like going into the city, seeing shows, like in the shadow of the greatest city in the world, the greatest music city in the world, pers- in my opinion. Um, so then, yeah, and then I worked for Vice, I worked for Rolling Stone in college for internships. That's the best thing about living in in the city, right? Because you could get all these opportunities to work. At the vices of the world and the yeah. Rolling Stones of the world. No, a thousand percent. My parents were, God bless them, incredibly supportive. Because um, I think a lot of people's parents were like, I don't know about this music journalism thing. Because there's literally like six people who have my job. They probably in the just world. watched like Almost Famous once. Oh and my like, God, dude! I was like, my I was, I was daughter dancing. will not fucking do that. I was dancing around that, dude. Like, it's so like you talk to anybody who works in and around like music journalism and that movie's gonna come up everybody sees that movie and is like i want to do that i want to hang out with rock stars i want to be a part of the team i want to be in the huddle before the show but is it really like that it's not like almost famous god no and the thing was working at certain places i felt really jaded for a while and i kind of walked away from it for a minute i got a you know joe schmo job in advertising what made it what made it feel jaded um, I met certain people who I'm not going to name in the industry that... Talk that shit, rather your no, show, I'm not, girl. I'm not. Don't talk I can't, I can't. Um, who knows? I could work for them. <laughs> um, I met certain people in the industry who made me feel jaded, and they weren't 
it wasn't that loosey goosey rock and roll lifestyle like you see in Almost Famous. So I kind of walked away from it. And then my brother, again, who keeps coming up because he's my best friend and two years older than me and kind of always been my shaman with things about music, always feeding me great music, said, hey, there's an opening at Relics. You should apply for it. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, just do it. Just do it. And like three years later, here I am sitting with Andy Frasco. I got my own podcast. Yeah, it's your own trailer, girl. Oh, yeah. We're in the, we're in the Relics trailer. We're in the fucking world, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's really, God, it's like hashtag black. Um, and really, I just feel incredibly lucky and incredibly fortunate to be one of the few people who get to not only work in music journalism, but covering music that I love with hanging around people that are so cool. And I did get that sense of rock and roll and family and all those things that I wanted previously that made me jaded. I found it relics. And for anybody who like to plug relics really quick for anybody who really wants to like support something that is part of the scene and that really contributes to making people's lives better and you know we're here at lock-in and we have an incredible presence here we do the lock-in times we love the artists that we support no you walk into the relics office and it's a bunch of it's people a family it is shapiro and it's, really and it's did a, a great job like hippie that. kids who want to keep the scene going and it's incredibly egalitarian pete is the most accessible guy in the world and having met kind of for lack of a better term like corporate jerks that kind of I don't smoke have weed the in passion here? Uh, I won't. Don't. He already said it. He already said I'm it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It, it's, oh, if it was my trailer, yeah, it's fine. I, I don't want to get yelled at. But Shapiro, once sh- I don't want to be on right? Shapiro's bad side. Right? I'd be like, Sha- I'll, I'll pull him aside and be like, Shappy, I don't know. Andy's a cool dude, but he smoked weed in my trailer. It took me 11 years to get on this fucking festival. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to fuck you it up. Throw it all away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, that's what I, I agree. I think this is why everyone makes this the upper esh, the mecca of this scene, this lock in festival, just because. How well you take care of your bands and how much you love your bands and how uh, Relics really takes care of everyone they love. And I, I respect the shit out of that. Like, I'm at the backstage area is beautiful. I'm chilling. I get a golf cart whenever I want. Like, I can't. They, they said, no, I can't drive it. But they, <laughs> you can I drive get, mine. I'll get, after this, I, I drove Andy here on Can a, I drive back? In. Yeah, of course. That, I love golf carts. Do it, dude. I really do. I just learned how to drive it this weekend. It's so easy. It's, it's easier fast. than a car. It's very fast. Uh, they, I, they zip, dude. The big thing is you, if you cut a turn too fast, though, you, you got to bounce I your felt weight. that. We almost ate we shit. We almost <laughs> ate shit. Dude, I was holding my breath. I was like, if this golf cart tips over before the interview, you break oh. your arm before you No, it's rock set. and roll as fuck. I mean, yeah. who cares? I got one, I got t- that's why you have two arms, Raph. That's true. I you can, can play piano with one arm. You know, I, I barely play... Piano good with two arms. So what's <laughs> what, what's only what's getting rid of one? That would so. be truly rock and roll. You with a cash just bashing on the keys. I just broke my arm one hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I love locking. I think it's it's great. The fans are cool. Um, it it feels like it's New York City. Yeah, and we're in it. A lot of my New York fans are coming out. A lot of my Southern fans. It's just the vibes cool. And you know, one of my biggest mentors is Dave Schools, and he talks such highly about it, like you got to get on locking. It's the tastemaker. So I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm in no surrender, uh, no surrender mode. And yeah. I'm going to try Just to full, fuck this shit kamikaze. up. I'm, go- I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to fuck shit up. I'm really, I got, I'm... It's it's nice because I just got back from Europe uh-huh. and like not literally like fuck shit up, but like in my mind, just like, you know, I, I think of I think of uh, when I think of a show, I think of like a sport like, you know, it's like we're here to do the best job we can and we're here to fucking just give it all we can and put on a show. You know, it's no different than athletes, you know, yeah. so I'm here to give it all I can for the people who drove as far as they can because yeah. they know how important this festival is you know totally. so 
I love it. I love relics, and thank you so much for being, uh, for getting us on, Raph. And yeah. thanks for uh, making a podcast for the scene, girl. Yeah, this right? is tight. So, uh, another question. I, I feel like are you this supposed to interview me? I or? mean, I'm down. This is great. I mean, okay, I want to talk rolling. about you. I want to talk about you. Um, so, whose idea was it to make this three from three from the seven? Yeah, it was Pete Shapiro's idea. Really? Yeah. And he so, wanted two badass chicks. Yeah. To fuck shit up. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah. If, Shapiro. If this is why I love Shapiro. Because he's always one step ahead mm-hmm. in his mind from everyone. You know, it's like even when I interviewed him for my podcast, I he already knew what I was going to ask before because he's that he's so ADD in that that because he just oh he's just he's a brilliant guy. Yeah. And like and how how's the podcast doing? Is it, It's doing well. Yeah, it's it's going to do even listening? better now with you on here. Well, it's going to be amazing. Don't blow me up right now. I'm <laughs> a I'm a I'm trying to be a humble cat right now. You, you are. You're a humble guy. You're, you're a crazy guy. You've been all over the place. And the cool thing about the new record is you kind of show your sensitive side a little bit. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm just done. Just like I don't want to be the guy that they know for just like fucking snoring coke and eating mushrooms and just hanging out back, you know, hanging out in the crowd and like, oh, he's just a really good party. I want him to know that I, I you know, I could talk about some things, too. And, you know, and songs are king. And if you don't have songs you know when you pass that's what your remember that's what your memory is so god forbid i don't die early but if i do i don't you know i want i want people to know that i was not just there to fuck shit up i'm i'm there to have everyone's back and have uh, you know you know make them know that they're not alone with whatever they're feeling cuz you know i could be looking at happy as shit Whenever I'm on stage, but I I get sad too, yeah. and you know, and we're all just trying to fight. Life is living is hard, <laughs> and it's fucking hard, and especially when you put such high, like I want to be a fucking really successful musician. When you put that such high strength or strength on you, you know, it, it it gets you down when you when you start, you know, when you don't have a, when it doesn't go your way sometimes. Because I think life comes you'll always get what you're looking for it's just not going to get it when you want it it's you just got to stay persistent and stay focused look at you you kick look at no i'm not <laughs> seriously you you worked at all these different little spots just to find your mecca your yeah. home and now it's a home it's any anything in life like you're going to fall on your ass. You're going to deal with fucking bullshit-ass bosses at first. You, we're not going to say the name. Tell me off stage, though. I'll tell, I yeah, okay, once cool. it turns off, okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll spill the tea, as spill the kids the say. Spill the tea. But like, it's like you, we all work hard for this because we know how precious this is. We know how important music is for the community. You know, Art is so important. And for you to pump up these bands that don't get a lot of press, you know, a lot of these jam bands don't get a lot of press unless it's Relics or mostly like major publications relics live for live music jam bass blah blah blah. but relics is the mecca for this and for you to keep fighting for us is i just say thank you so much thank you so much man man raf you're the best and (laughs) shapiro too if you listen to this thank you uh the whole crew kirk i mean you come to my shows like you guys really love what you're doing and i'm i'm here to help whatever you need so, so so I'm a jam kid. Like I grew up listening to that. Uh-huh. Did, did you have that? Were you in this scene before you jumped in? Like Fuck, how, no, how, I didn't know. how did you find the door? Like, I didn't know who Jerry Garcia was until I was 20 years old. <laughs> I'll be honest. I grew up in the city. I was a 
I love Tupac and Real Big Fish and Something Corp and Pop Punk. And I didn't know anything about the jam scene. And I got booked. Um, the first ever show that I got booked where I understood what the jam scene was, it was in Arkansas at this festival called Wakarusa. Have you heard about it? Yeah, totally. Uh, and um, and it was all these jam, all these fucking people driving in in their fucking hippie ass buses and fucking smoking weed and just walking around happy as fuck. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I and then so like me, I'm a very curious person. I'll I'll just hang out in the campgrounds and get to know people. Like I want I want to know how to live this type of free life you know because i'm so stuck in my head you know growing up in la with like the ideas where you have to be on a major label you have to write pop songs and blah 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 and then you come here and these bands are just as successful and not having that philosophy you know so why it's because the fans don't have that philosophy yeah, it's the best kept secret in the music industry yeah. it really is or maybe the worst kept secret because it's so huge but it, it's so true where yeah these bands as long as you have a great live show you don't need a record on the charts to be a, like a musician a lot of these musicians yourself included m- make your living by just going out and being with the people widespread pa- widespread panic to be example yeah one of the top 50 grossing bands in the world how many singles do you think they have like two, and Avis is one. They have not, like one music video. Yeah, but like like trip like like major triple A, you know, not that many, and they're still a top fifty band. That shows the musicianship. That shows the fan base, and that shows the love that the band to the fans and fans to the band. And you see that with the Umphreys. You see that with like the new young kids, like Pigeons. Like I fucking love how hustle. They're working their ass off. They're they're it's it's just so. It's it's respectful to and or it's like it's like a bow down because these guys are work they're doing 250 shows a year smashing them. Yeah. And getting they're doing events in, in Mexico that you're going to go play. Yeah. Panic, Panic in La Playa. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you shout out to the guys who said, "Listen, I I'm going into this dream 120% and you're not going to stop me." And um so I just that's why I love the jam. Yeah, well, like, I never really listened to it. Yeah, speaking of panic, I mean, you have a relationship with Dave Schools. He helped produce your record. He played mm-hmm. bass on it. Um, tell me a little bit about those relationships. You have one with Dave Schools. You have one with Vince Herman. Where oh, yeah. these kind of older guys in the scene—not that they're old—but these guys who were established in the scene, like you know, uh, reaching back and helping guys like you, and you're doing that in turn, kind of that that theory in the jam scene of like everybody's trying to help each other, where it's not not nearly as cutthroat as the pop scene yeah. or the hip-hop scene or the any other scene. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it goes back to the fans. It's un, it's that unselfish love. And they want, I mean, like, Dave did this, he does this all the time, where he f- loves something and he is so in it. Like, he did that with Drive-By Truckers. Dri- he invested in the first Drive-By Truckers record. Oh, wow. And put, like, five, ten grand of his own money. Like, I love this band. I want this band to do it. And that that took him there. I mean, him doing our records and like he I see that he did Trongoni's record and like uh Liz Wright or Cat Wright, not Liz Wright. Liz Wright is dope too though. Uh <laughs> Cat Wright, who's badass as fuck. Burlington. I mean, he it's it's so unselfish with how these people and Shapiro's the same way. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to Shapiro because I, this mentality, this mind state this Grateful Dead mind state, you know, it all, it's a community. A thousand we, that's percent. That's all we have is a, a community. 
So if we can't take care of our own, who are we going to take care of? It's like the same thing as you can't love anything unless you love yourself. So if we don't love ourselves, we're not going to be able to love anyone else. So seeing the Shapiros, the Dave Schools, the Green Sky, like asking us to tour with them, like, Breaking news just, just came out today. Andy you Frasco know, will be supporting Green Sky Bluegrass yeah, this fall but tour. Like, yeah, and I didn't know those guys even knew who the fuck I was. And like for everyone to like say, all right, I'm going to give this guy a shot. I know he's rambunctious as fuck. He could, some bits might be annoying. I, I know that. I'm, I'm, I annoy myself sometimes too. <laughs> and, uh, but for them to give me a shot and say, listen, you're working hard and I want, you, I want to help you. It's just why i fucking love this scene man yeah well we're at lockin and it's all about those collaborative sets mm -hmm. um can you think of anyone on the lockin lineup or at large that if you can build your dream lockin set andy frasco in the un mm. with whoever who, who you got who, who are you drafting first round pick first round pick I, how many rounds how many round picks do i Let's get two three three rounds okay i and think you came my in last so you have the first round my number one og round i think it'd be i mean d trucks Derek's the man, dude. And have you ever spent any time with him? No, I, I almost I sat right next to him, like side stage for a show, and I was scared shitless. It's like holding yeah, your there's breath. A few people that I've been scared shitless to talk to. I saw Phil Lesh, which I kind of got starstruck with his son. The son said hi to me today. I'm like, what's up, dog? Because <laughs> those guys built this scene. The dead built this scene. So okay. So I, I, Derek Trucks for sure round round one because I, he's just humble and he's cool as fuck. Um, number two, I would I would have to say um, second round like a drummer, like um, I would or no a singer. No, actually round two, Jen Hartwick. Yeah, the bitch is bad, dude. Jen is awesome. Jen, and by the way, happy birthday, Jenny. Jenny just uh, had a birthday last week. Awesome. Happy birthday, girl. If you listen to this, I fucking love you. You're the shit. Um, round three, I'd try to convince Shapiro to sing a song because I've heard he's done shit like that. Has he? I mean, I know he's done some soul live stuff where he's kind of gone out on stage. And I mean, Pete is an incredible speaker. He's incredibly inspiring. Shapiro 2020, it's happening. Dude, I'll, um, I'll, I'll vote. So you should, you should Shapiro have 2020 is happening? I, it should. We have a sign in our office that says Shapiro 2020. Let's fucking promote the shit. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. That's a great idea. You should be his vice. Shapiro Frasco 2020. Shapiro. Oh, that is so much Jew. Cause. That's so much Jew. I mean, it'd be like, <laughs> we're, we're taking, <laughs> everyone's getting health care, not for free. You're not getting it for free, but you'll get it for cheap. <laughs> That'd be dope. It's yeah. A, it's a GA situation. Oh, yeah. So I'd say Shapiro. I mean, I never, uh, Dave's never people. sat in with me. Yeah. Dave Schools has never, never. sat in with you. Come on. All these people, you could twist their arm. I know, but I'm afraid to ask guys like that. Like, I had George Porter sit in, and he walked up on stage. It was Jam Cruise last year. He's like, what the fuck is going on over here? But he jammed, and he was sweet. George is a sweetheart. Oh, George. I've had, the, the benef I've had coffee with him once on Jam Cruise this past year, and it was amazing. Isn't it crazy that he didn't have any royal he didn't get any royalty money from, like, that. the That's meter insane. stuff? Man, it's fucking, I mean... It was. This is also why this is perfect that you're giving knowledge to the, the three big news things of the week because a lot of these people back then didn't know anything about the music industry. They signed contracts because they wanted to be musicians without signing, without knowing any of the contracts, what was going on in it. So to learn from George and how 
he he got he kind of got fucked hard, and I feel so bad for him. And for him to say, "No, fuck it, I'm just gonna keep playing. I'm gonna keep striving." And now he's still killing it. He's got to be like sixty or seventy now, and he's kicking ass still. And he's it's all about the music. And God forbid his 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 wife passed, and like it, it's fucking horrible. And like when you feel lost like that, what do you go to? Music. And for him to fucking still fight that shit and say, oh, not, not be bitter about the music industry, like, fuck the music industry, instead of, no, I'm going to play more. I'm going to just keep fighting because music is that important. Like, so shout out to George. Fuck yeah. Shout out to George Porter Jr. too. <laughs> well, talking about you getting starstruck around people like Phil Lesh or whoever, I guess people don't really realize that. They assume once you're playing lock-in, you can just kind of hobnob with whoever. But it's, it's humbling to hear that you get starstruck. Tell me about times you've been truly starstruck. Uh, musically or f- uh, anybody? Well, I guess sports guys you'd be. Oh, Kobe Bryant, guy. dude. I, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I, him, I think I was starstruck first time I met Shapiro because he was the person I wanted to be. I wasn't supposed to be a musician. I was, I did the same thing. I worked, I lived in LA. So when I was 15, I worked at Capitol Records. I booked uh, the Troubadour in LA and the Key Club. That's not there anymore. Then I moved to Atlantic Records. And then I moved to Drive Through Records wow. and booked all the pop punk bands and stuff like Hello Goodbye, fucking Something Corporate, Newfound Glory. So you were a suit. I was a suit uh, until I was 19. And then it was 2006. I'm 31. So uh, the record industry uh, popped or whatever. Uh, and, cause, and then they fired all the young kids, which was stupid because the young kids know digital media. So they kept all the old guys. So I got fired. I'm like, fuck this. I was bitter about the music industry. And so I just learned how to play an instrument and booked myself. I booked myself like 250 shows a year for uh, six years straight. And I just lived on the road and I hired bands on Craigslist every night, like Chuck Berry style, until I learned how to play an instrument. Now, 10 years later, uh, or uh, what, 18, I'm 31, so 13 years later, Shapiro's asked me to play his festival. So, shout out. You know, it's a dreams do it's a happen. Cinderella story. I'm telling you, I'm like, um, uh, what's, that, what's that movie with Sandra Bullock? Miss Congeniality? Miss Congeniality. No, no, the <laughs> blind side. <laughs> Shapiro's my Sandra Bullock. Oh, man. He's mine, too, honestly. I'm telling you, man. And Shout out. And if this, we just keep fangirling about P. I mean, this is this party. Um, the fact that he walks into the Relic's office and looks every single one of these interns in the eye and says, hello, how are you doing? How is your day? There's no ego on that guy. There's absolutely no, I'm better than you. I'm locking myself in my office. He's the coolest guy in the world. And especially at Lockin, it's incredibly cool to see him um, late at night out in the Garcia's forest. And he's just dapping up fans and having a great time. A king feeds his workers before he feeds himself. And that mentality is why everyone works hard for him. Everyone fights the good fight for him. It's just, I got, you got to respect a guy who understands how to take care of people because you could see like you said you've had bosses who fucking suck nuts like uh you could probably bleep that out or suck vagina no no disrespect whatever you want to suck i mean it is an andy frasco interview i'm I'm expecting this but um you know what i'm saying like there's some asshole bosses who don't really know what they really have until it's gone so shout out shout out to shapiro so yeah you've been on tour with the band which is crazy and yeah you just played Europe, which I'm sure is a dream come true. Oh, yeah, man. We've been playing Europe for eight years straight now. So I started, I did the same thing. I used to Google Translate to booking agents. Like, I, um, I'm Andy Frasco's booking agent. Did you I'm have a fake name? Drew Mitchell. 
uh, Andrew Mitchell Frasco. It's kind of like a fuck you, but uh, like to the promoters. But um, I they they used to call me, <laughs> and you know, and like on my phone, I'm just standing right next to him, so I had to pretend like, like not answer the phone, like you know, <laughs> s- you know, elbow the phone so it doesn't ring and stuff. But uh, yeah, I love Europe. Europe, it's different because they don't know jam music, so it's harder to spread out the songs because. And it's harder to talk to them because no one's... I mean, the Western Europeans could speak English, but, like, Italy, I was, like, Google translating and putting it on my microphone and stuff, you know, just to, like, get some jokes in because, you know, a lot of my show is, you know, I just want to be... I want... It's my personality, you know, and I want I, I want to be authentic. I'm not going to, so... Well, was being a comedian ever kind of part of your plan? Because I feel I like wanted you, to. you just put those things together. I wanted to, but it's so nerve-wracking to be up there by yourself. Like That's why like, I respect dudes like John Craigie, Ryan Montblou, like guys who go out there by themselves who could tell a great story that segues into the song they're about to sing or a great joke that turns into the song, like the Woody Guthrie's of the world. That's, like, that's so hard yeah. to be a stand-up. And so my clutch is like, if a joke bombs, I'll be like, all right, here's another song, you know? <laughs> but if you don't have that band, that clutch, then you're kind of fucked because you could feel when a joke bombs. Like, I, I've, I said some things I probably shouldn't have said a couple times, and then you could get that, you could just feel in the air the cringe. <laughs> and then I got to go straight into a happy song or something so they forget about it. But I love, com- I think comedians are the most, are, are some of the most smartest people in the world and and the saddest people in the world because you know to think about like you're basically analyzing your life every day and trying to make it funny yeah what is and it comedy is tragedy plus time and perspective or something yeah it's 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 fucked up when you're trying to find new bits and you're like oh you know i have an eating disorder let's talk about that and try to make it funny like what the fuck <laughs> You have an eating disorder. We should figure that out. We should get you some fucking bread like, or something, funny. girl. But like they, that's what it is, though. Yeah, that's no, what totally. comedy is, in a sense. So, for them to be, you know, always being vulnerable, it it it's so respect. It it's respect because that's who I want to be. I'm not, I'm not the best fucking soloist in the world. I'm not the best. You know, I I could write a song, and I could, I could connect the crowd with the band, and that's my strength. So I don't. I, I just want to be authentic, and this is just who I am, I guess. So g- give me the bucket list. Andy Frasco in the UN, everything goes according to plan and then some. W- what's the dream? The dream. I want to have a talk show. I would I love that. Do a, An Eric Andre type of thing? Eric Andre, Howard Stern talk show. Um, Shapiro, do, are you listening? Shapiro, come on. Hook a brother up. No, just... <laughs> Uh, uh, I want to do a talk show and then I want to do and I want to tour 100 shows a year because I still need you know I, I'm doing too many shows and I'm getting a little burnt out but if if I could figure out a way to balance it because I'm Aquarius like I need I can't do too much of one thing or I start going crazy so this is why like I sold my house I, I'm basically living on the road for the next two years I went to Berlin for a week I'm just I need to get back to my old self for me to not get jaded over the success I have now because I'm just starting to get successful and I don't want to take advantage of it and I don't want to take it for granted because you see a lot of guys who become fucking assholes 
right when they get famous. Yeah, it's a minefield like, out here, man. It really yeah, is. And it's, but it's bullshit. Like, you work so hard to get there. And you weren't that guy last year. So let's just be ourselves. Like, what, what do you need to do to make you feel better about everything? You need to take four months off. You need to go get a therapist. You need to get a girlfriend that's not just someone who likes you for the songs you write. Go find it. That's why I keep on going back to mental health because these guys really need to focus on that. We all do. I do. Like, I'm just thinking about getting a therapist now. Like, I think it's important. I mean, it is. It really is. And I've talked to friends who, you know, they're, you know, we're having these long conversations. At the very end, it's like difficult for them to say, I'm depressed. I have anxiety, this and that. And the minute, you know, the minute they say it, I'm like, dude, so do I. So does everybody. Like, why do you think they're afraid? Do you think there's a stigma? There's a stigma. Or they think people are going to judge them. Yeah. Because they think it's a sign of weakness weakness. or it's a sign of uh, something's wrong with me. Yeah. I'm not normal. But yeah, it's fucking hard, man. It, like, life is joy and life is pain and life is, ba- like, you know, figuring out a it way to navigate. can't all just be happy. The Instagram fucked us up. Instagram did. You wrote about this in Relics. You wrote yes. on my page for us. And it covers all of this, how social media is a avenue for people to selectively choose their own narrative, which is great in some ways, but terrible in other ways. Yeah, because we're just, we're, we're only focusing on the good things. We need to feel these lows. That's the only way we're going to grow. I don't want to be happy all the time. That's sounds fucking boring it sounds like truman show you know yeah and that guy went crazy once he found out that it was just (laughs) a fake happiness because we're living this we live in this world where it's a lot of it is a fake happiness just so we can maintain and it's okay to have some fake happiness but like if it if it absorbs your whole life then we start not knowing who who we are anymore and we need to always take a step back and realize who we were when we were 10. Yeah. And what we loved when we were 10. And what we loved when we were 12 and 15. And, you know, so we could take perspective and see how much you've changed and realize, you know, the only thing that's changed is your ego. You know, so we got to fucking get, we got to get rid of the ego. Yeah. This is the best Tony Robbins seminar I've ever been to. <laughs> Damn, girl. It's going to be cut into seven minutes. (laughs) It's like, that'll be $400. (laughs) Uh, I'll send the invoice to Shapiro. You're not paying for this. Don't worry. We'll send it to Shapiro. Holler at your boy. I got a couple invoices for you by the end of the lock-in. But as we we come to an end here, Andy, you're going to do a meet and greet for Relics. You're going to meet the people. Tell me a a little bit about your fans. I I got a little game for us to play in a second. But tell me a little bit about your fans. Is there such a thing? You're about to meet a horde of them. Is there such you a thing think as I'm gonna have a horde? I'm like, I'm always scared to meet and greets that only like ten people are gonna show up. People are stoked. Yeah, okay. people are stoked. Right. I guarantee it. And I'll just keep jumping back in line. All right, I'll, I'll oh, be like, that's why I fucking love you, Raph, and that's why Karina loves you too. Cause I talked to Karina a long devs about you, and she really, fuck, yeah. you guys are talking about me. Yeah, when Moi? I first, yeah, when you, when she, when she first, when I interviewed Karina for my show, we, when she was like, I'm, she was pumped up about the podcast, like I'm starting a podcast. And, I'm like, I was really pumped. She was that happy and passionate about it because I love doing the podcast too. And to have a dope co-host who's smart and fucking who is down for the scene and she's a musician and you're a publicist or not a public journalist, that's respect. So Thanks, man. Shout out. God, I feel great. I, I feel like I'm, I'm walking out of here 10 pounds lighter. This Girl, is amazing. that's why I'm here. I'm here to, and that's why, and going back to the fans, my fans are, are the the fucking crazy as fuck and they're happy and like everyone's there and down to just have a good time because that's what my that's all i want people i want people to have to get out of their phones for two hours to get off of fucking you know their fucking 
whatever, the girlfriend fucking sucks or their boyfriend sucks or like their job sucks, whatever's going on in your life that they're fucking mad about, I, I want them to come to my show and feel like you don't need that shit here. We're in the moment. You're going to meet new people. I've had, I've, I think I've had now 10 or 15 people now who've had babies after or met their husbands at our shows now. And that's, it, that means people are being their complete selves and everyone is just being authentic. And that's how you find love is when people are authentic. And if I, my fans are fucking tight about that. So shout out to the Froheads, Fro Ambassadors, or whatever, whatever y'all are calling y'all these days. <laughs> and uh, I'm always be there for you. Always. That's amazing, dude. I'm very excited for this meet and greet. Yeah, and let's now we're, we're going to play a quick game. Okay. All right. It's called Eccentric Andes. Ooh. I have three did you famous people. I did. Three famous people named Andy. Okay. And you give me like what you think about them. They're eccentric men, dudes. I okay. couldn't find any women named Andy. So, I'm going to give you a name, and just tell me what you think about him right. as, as a fellow eccentric Andy. I like this. Andy Kaufman. One of the one of the best comedians, one of the goats, greatest of all time, and how he could just switch a, you know, switch a, uh, flip a switch. Oh, I can't talk. I've, I've only had one White Claw. <laughs> uh, that's not male enough. I mean, I've only had half a bottle of Jameson. Uh, no, Andy Kaufman's one of my favorite. He's he understands people. He understands that he needs to be different people. He, he the Jimmy thing he did is he's a goat. I think he's one of the greatest of all times. Awesome. How about Andy Warhol? Warhol. Warhol is another individual. He's he said fuck everyone else. I'm going to do the art that I want to do. And for that, I just uh, respect. A lot of people hate on Warhol. Why? Because they're like, oh, anybody could take a, you know, do a Campbell's soup can. And I'm like, what he did. And that makes it edgy and cool. And it's they com- then why it's didn't they do it? commentary on corporatism, you know? But why didn't they do it then? Exactly. That's why I, I love There's modern There's fucking art. haters. People who hate on simplicity are not being vulnerable in themselves. Because life is simple. If we just break down the barriers, we don't need much. We just put all this shit in our heads. So... Fuck the haters on Andy Warhol. But shout out. I don't want if, this, if some of my friends are <laughs> Warhol haters. <laughs> keep it to yourself. <laughs> Last one. Anderson Pack, a.k.a. Andy Pack. Word? They call him Andy? I think his friends do. Yeah. This is kind of a cheat sheet. It's a, this is a, ch- a cheater, but I no, love I'll Anderson. I'll take it. Andy Pack. I mean, the kid's got it. He's young. He's a great drummer. He's a great vocalist. And his lyrics are really good. Pe- people underestimate how good of a lyricist he is like he's got it and uh i think he's gonna be one of the next guys of the chance the rappers of you know i I don't he's got a lot to prove he's gonna be another tupac or like a biggie but he's on his way up and if he keeps on doing it and he stays on that mind state I think he's got. He's a California boy too. I think he's a LA kid. I think he's yeah. Malibu or yeah, I think Malibu, yeah, or Calabasas. I I remember running around and hearing that name when I was younger. But you know, I was in a different scene, so I really didn't give a shit. But now I see, I see him. I I yeah. Shout out the yeah. energy on his live shows are off the charts. Oh yeah, insane. he gets it. Have you? Well, you know why he's a drummer. Yeah, a gospel drummer. Mm-hmm. Gospel drummers get that shit. They know how to kick the fucking snare drum. Or kick the the kick drum, not snare drum. They know how to kick it and dive into the snare. I mean, it's my favorite drummers are are the ones who just beat the shit out of the snare. And like 
if he takes that mentality into his whole live show, it's going to be fucking power. Yeah, you the know? fact that he can, he, he'll be in front of the stage dancing, he jumps behind the kit. It's insane. I saw his show at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, dude. It was I insane. went to the Fillmore show. Yeah. That was dope. And then the next tour, he's doing fucking Red Rocks, Madison Square Garden. I'm like, this kid is... Maurice Brown, his uh, trumpet player sat in with Mo us. Better, yeah. He's dope. He's you got a dope me? band, that Free National. Are they called the Free Nationals? Yeah, they're dope. They're amazing. Shout out to Andy Pock. Speaking of all these shout outs, very briefly, we're going to do our weekly shout out. All right, which what up? Is, it's basically, we have friends in the music scene who send us a little clip, and they get to do some promo. So let's see what we have this week. All right, cool. Hi, this is Calmia from Rubble Bucket, and you're listening to Three from the Seven. We will be hosting the third annual Dream Picnic Festival this September 21st in Massachusetts, and we hope to see you there. These birdies will definitely be there. Awesome. Thank you to Rubble Bucket for giving Rubble us a little Bucket. bit of love. Rubble Bucket. Dude, they're getting big. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great show. We got Rubble Bucket. We got Andy Frasco. I'm thrilled. We got White Claws. Yeah, we're drinking claws. No we got Raff Raff's going to let me fucking uh, flip the... You're going to let me flip the... What, what, what do you call it? Uh, go car, golf cart? Oh, yeah. Let's go race golf carts. Let's fuck shit up, okay, dude. Okay, let me sign off. All right, high five. All right. Thank you so much to Andy Frasco. This was such a pleasure. Don't forget to sign up for the Relics Daily 7 at relics.com slash daily. Subscribe to Relics Magazine. It's the best magazine in the world, right? You better subscribe to Relics or I'll fuck you up. There you go. You don't want that to happen. (laughs) Relics.com slash subscribe. Relics.com slash subscribe. Email me and Karina and say what up at raffandkarina at gmail.com. Everybody have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Wednesday. And yeah, Andy, let's go. Three to the seven.